This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning. Hey, have I got time to get my breath back? <laughs> hey, nice to see everyone. I've been scanning around. Oh, you know, this is my heart and faces and, and everybody. Uh, trust we're all well. Uh, trust uh, that we're continuing to enjoy uh, the blessing of God. And I am going to share today, as I've done across the whole church um, this morning, a message for Advent Sunday. Now, I just wonder, I mean, today is December the 1st. Have we got that one? And I wonder how many of you have started an Advent calendar today or are thinking of doing so. Well, I don't know about you, but if you are, uh, then uh, that would probably remind you of a lot of what I'm going to say. But I found some really uh, weird and wonderful ones uh, that you could possibly purchase. Now, I'm not advertising, uh, but I mean, just have a look at uh, some of these. I mean, this one here, if you could fork out £105, uh, you could have a beauty advent calendar. Uh, I mean, I could guarantee probably that if uh, some of the ladies were to use this on a regular basis, you might look quite amazing by Christmas. Uh, But actually, you all look amazing now. (laughs) Uh, Just get out of that one quickly. (laughs) Um, but uh, look at this next one. I mean, gift package Christmas. I mean, it's more of a box than anything else. I mean, look at them all. I mean, who needs Christmas Day when you have a gift package advent calendar? Uh, it would set you back an awful lot of money as well. So you probably might not have any money left for a Christmas Day presents as well. Um, but this one, uh, great one for the men, ladies. Uh, I'm not sure about the quality for this price, £22. Men's gadget advent calendar. Uh, I mean, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, if you notice, it's a German company that does this. I mean, can I, uh, and uh, anyway, there we go. But it's possible to get that one. Uh, and here's another one. This one, it, well, it's probably my favourite, although I, I wouldn't presume to go and buy this one for £125. Decadent foodie advent calendar. I mean, you imagine taking those out of the date box every day and then trying to consume those or wonder what on earth you're going to do. I mean, you will not feel like Christmas dinner by the time you get to it. My favourite of all is this one, traditional. For the generous price of £3.49, uh, and please, I'm not advertising, I'm not like a salesman, but you can have a calendar which is focused on Jesus, the Prince of Peace, which includes the whole gospel in it, and every door that you open will have a scripture written inside it for you to read. No chocolate, no uh, food, no other gadgets or anything else, but I tell you what, what you find inside this Advent calendar will give you more riches than any of the others put together because the the life and the truth of Jesus is all contained in there. Anyway, that does remind us that not only is it the 1st of December, but today is the first Sunday of Advent. Now, 
probably when people go and buy advent calendars, I, I, not everybody will think, oh, this is the beginning of a season. They'll just think, oh, well, count down to Christmas. But in reality, uh, Advent has been a season traditionally uh, for hundreds of years when the church has start, starts to prepare for Christmas. And that's why I'm bringing today a message for Advent Sunday. Advent, Advent uh, is a Latin word uh, translated from the Greek word parousia, which simply means coming. And traditionally, three things were remembered by the church. And I'm reviving this this year um, during the Advent season. The first thing was the coming of Jesus as a baby. The second, which I think we'd all say, oh yes, of course, well that's coming up towards Christmas. The second thing remembered during Advent, the season of Advent, is the coming of Jesus to our own hearts. And the third thing is that Jesus will come again at the end of the age. And that's where we're going this morning. And at Woodside, uh, you've heard uh, Rach uh, uh, enthusing us about next week's nativity. Uh, And then we've got the following week, our carol services. And then after that, Sunday 22nd, there'll be a Christmas theme to our uh, more normal gathering together before we have our absolutely cram-packed how we all going to fit in Christmas morning service. Uh, And uh, so going in that direction. So... For you personally, in the the midst of rehearsals, shopping, trying new recipes, buying new clothes maybe, booking dates with family and friends, work deadlines before the Christmas break starts, school plays and concerts, parties, ferrying family members by car, writing Christmas cards, remembering international uh, posting date deadlines, Discovering worn or broken Christmas decorations, having to go and buy new ones, putting them up, uh, keeping an eye on your bank balance, managing tired but increasingly excited children. Remembering these three things will do us good and keep our focus on what it's really all about. But for some of you, as you're looking towards the Christmas season, You're anticipating the onset of loneliness. You're wondering what you'll be doing on Christmas Day. Knowing your grief for the loss of your loved one will be more intense than usual. And looking forward, frankly, to when it's all over. Well, remembering these three things for you will bring great hope, comfort and joy in an otherwise difficult season. And then I'm saying, but for all of us, it's the general election in 11 days' time, if you hadn't remembered. And with all the arguments, with all the claims and counterclaims, while you try and make your decision as to who to vote for, remembering these three things, that Jesus came, fully man, fully God, as a baby to us, as saviour of the world, that he comes and transforms the hearts of those who receive him, and that he's coming again. Remembering these three things will keep your overriding perspective on that which is eternal, and keep you in a place of hope, and of joy, and of security, and confidence, and love 
even for the people that you may disagree with when it comes to political issues. So today I want to help us get into a good mindset during this Advent for Christmas and the Christmas season. A framework to keep, help us keep Christ in central focus throughout all of our Christmas activities. And more than anything else, I want to help us again to draw near to Jesus himself. To keep the main person, the main person. And that's him. So to do this, I'm going to use a selection of Bible verses and excerpts from popular Christmas carols that I personally find very encouraging and helpful. So you ready for this? So the first one then, remembering at Advent, Jesus came as a baby. Now, Luke, the gospel writer, wrote a very uh, historical account, uh, real attention to detail, about something that changed the world forever. And picking up his story in Luke 2, verses 8 to 12 and 16 to 17, I'm just going to read an excerpt of this that most of us will be very familiar with indeed. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And there's a heavenly host, a heavenly choir and everything else um, happening. And then verse 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Now, I don't know about you, but I guess many of us have our latest story that we can't wait to tell, loved ones, friends, uh, and others that we know. You know, it could be a good thing that's happened, it could be a a bad thing that's happened, it could be an unusual thing that's happened, but, you know, it's a sort of, you never guess what happened to us the other day uh, type story. Well, the shepherds had uh, the best one of all on this particular time. Are you imagine, they, after seeing uh, the, the Jesus, uh, as the angel had said, I mean, they went around and told everyone. Uh, I don't know what time of night it was at this stage. Uh, and, whether people, and people were astonished at what they had. I mean, just imagine these shepherds. I mean, they said, you know, we were just going about our ordinary, every night activity of looking after the sheep. Nothing unusual about it. And then suddenly... God's glory was everywhere. I mean, that's not a bad start to a story, is it? Glory of God just came down. Um, And and there was this angel. And this angel told us that the saviour of the world, the one that the prophets had foretold of for thousands of years, actually has been born in our neighbourhood. He's actually been born in Bethlehem, the Messiah, the Lord. And the angel said, this is good news for everyone and will bring us great joy. 
And we were given a sign by the angel so that we, we knew. He, he actually invited us to go and find out, to go and see for ourselves. And told us that we would find a baby, unusual place, in a manger. But that's what we were told. And wearing, well, not quite so unusual, but even so, not always standard things, uh, in strips of clothes. And we went and we found him, just as the angel had said. We've seen the Saviour. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the Messiah. We've seen him. And their hearts were so full of joy as they shared their good news. And so Jesus, who'd always existed, had now come as a human being, fully human, as well as fully God. And Luke 20, 20 says, the shepherds went back to their flocks, had a sense of responsibility somewhere there, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, one of my favourite Christmas greetings of all time was one sent by one of our relatives a few years ago, and it just said simply this in the Christmas card, uh, printed, wishing you joy at Christmas. And we too, as believers in Jesus Christ, can experience the same joy that the shepherds experienced You see, it's a God-given joy. God gave them joy that they didn't expect. And if you've found uh, in your own life recently that joy's been a little lacking, go back to the story. Go back to remembering what Advent's all about. And I can guarantee you, as you're open to God and open to his spirit, you'll find joy returning in bucket loads. And then as we... uh, 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 look at a Christmas carol written in 1858, See Amid the Winter Snow. Not quite sure about the snow, but the theology in this is absolutely uh, bang on. And verse one just goes like this, See Amid the Winter Snow. I'm not going to sing it, by the way. Born for us on earth below, see the tender lamb appears, promised from eternal years. And however pictorially, or next week in the nativity, it will be a little dolly baby, um, that, that Jesus is portrayed. Remember that here, lying in the manger, is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That he was born to die. That he came, sent by the Father, knowing that the destiny was the cross so that you and I can know our sins forgiven. But on the third day, he would be raised again and lives forevermore. I mean, isn't it amazing? See, the tender lamb appears. Jesus at Christmas sending his lamb so that he would be punished for the punishment that we deserved so that we can be forgiven. What joy. Isn't that amazing? Think of that when we think of the coming of Jesus as a baby. No wonder the chorus of that carol goes, Hail thou ever blessed morn, hail redemption's happy dawn, sing through all Jerusalem, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And here's another one, just two two lines from verse 2. Lo, within the manger lies he who built the starry skies. Isn't that incredible? God become human, but the very one that John in his gospel says, through him all things were created. And here he is now sent to us as a vulnerable 
baby. Absolutely remarkable. And then carries on in verse 5, the same carol, sacred infant, all divine, what a tender love was thine, thus to come from highest bliss down to such a world as this. And you know, when you read through history, um, you'll see that the world of the first century, Roman Empire, and all the oppression there was there, wasn't so different to our world today. A world where there's injustice, where there's tyranny, where there are hardships, where there are refugees, where there's homelessness, where there's sickness, where people aren't getting on as well with each other as God intended. And here you find Jesus came to such a world as this. Isn't that tender? Isn't that wonderful? Oh, let's let the, the, the message that comes with Christmas absolutely blow our minds again. Stripping away the familiarity and coming to the heart and thanking God for it. So Jesus came as a baby. But secondly, Jesus comes to our own hearts. John the Baptist's father, after John the Baptist was born and was only eight days old, um, his name was Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, prophesied uh, first and foremost to his own son, baby son, speaking of the ministry that he was to fulfill in preparing the way for the Messiah. But in the last two verses, he speaks of the very Messiah, Jesus himself. And in verses Luke 1, 78 to 79, we have it recorded, Zechariah prophesying this. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. I love this. God the Father felt tender mercy for us and sent his one and only son to save us. Isn't that fantastic? When God thinks about you, when he looks at you and your life and all the ins and outs, the highs, the lows, the strengths, the weaknesses, he looks at you with tender mercy in his heart. Just let that sink in for a minute. God is his tender mercy extended towards you. Isn't that fantastic? Wow, do I deserve this? No, you don't. No, I don't. It's his tender mercy. Tender. Oh, it's just, it's just absolutely fantastic. Dwell on that sometime for a moment. Because of God's tender mercy. Then it goes on. Um, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. He's likening the coming of Jesus to dawn when the sun rises. Now, recently, in fact, last Sunday, a uh, few of uh, our family uh, members, we went down together to the Bedford switching on of the Christmas lights. I don't know if any of you were there, uh, but there were thousands and thousands all the way along the embankment uh, to see the switching on of the lights and the fireworks uh, that were to follow. And um, as we stood there, dead on the time, it was all dark, half past five, the lights all came on. Everybody goes, ooh, you know, the kind of thing that a crowd does at such a moment. Uh, And then about uh, six minutes later, the fireworks started. It was a great, it was an impressive display further down 
uh, along the river, along the embankment from where we were standing, because we were right near the town bridge. And uh, the lights where we were were quite bright, actually. And, and uh, you know, Catherine and I looked at each other and thought, you know, it would have almost been better to turn the Christmas lights on after the fireworks. Uh, then we could have seen the fireworks even more vividly. But never mind, it was still great. And it was uh, a really um, uh, a good uh, time to be there. But you imagine if that event had been put on at dawn when the sun comes up. It wouldn't have been as effective. Why? Because it would have been eclipsed by the sun itself and the light that it brings. And what Zechariah is prophesying here doesn't just affect anybody generally, but you and I personally. Because when Christ comes into your life, it's like the sun has risen. It's not like a little Christmas light here or a firework there. It is everything's changed. Daylight has come. I'm now seeing God clearly. I'm now seeing where, you know, my relationship with him. I'm seeing about my forgiveness. I'm seeing what Jesus has done for me. Uh, this is just amazing. It's wonderful. Uh, I'm seeing this purpose for me. Uh, I'm seeing how God feels about me, his tender love, his tender mercy. I'm seeing how, how, how God sees me as his son uh, or his daughter. Uh, and you just think, this is, this is just, the lights come. And that is how Jesus is prophesied about the morning light has come. And then in that prophecy, you see things like this. You see, God saw us in darkness. In the Bible, that represents sin and ignorance and gave us light, like the morning, dawn. God saw us without hope. That's the shadow of death. And he gave us eternal life. God saw us in turmoil and gave us peace with himself peace within ourselves, and peace with others. And he did this by sending his own son, the light of the world, to save us. John puts it this way in chapter 1, verse uh, 10 to 13. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's what we sing in Heart the Herald Angels Sing, that carol, born, Jesus born, to give us second birth. And uh, Paul puts it this way in Romans 10, uh, 8, 10, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. Jesus has come to live within us, to transform us, to save us, to forgive us, to change our lives. And uh, there was a, in Victorian times, there was a, a group of artists called the Pre-Raphaelites uh, who became very popular in the mid-19th century. And one of those, Holman Hunt, uh, painted, in fact, he painted this picture four times. He painted a picture which he entitled Light of the World. This particular version of it you can see in St. Paul's Cathedral to this day. And he was imagining Jesus, uh, who he painted as he imagined him. And uh, he uh, painted Jesus knocking at the door, not any old door, but the door of somebody's life. 
And he used as an inscription on the frame itself at the very bottom, he had uh, put there uh, the scripture, Revelation 3, verse 20, where Jesus is speaking, saying this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. In other words, I'll enter into that person's life. I'll come and live and dwell with them. I will be with them. And uh, somebody in conversation with Holman Hunt, the artist, um, I understand, had a, a said, well, you've forgotten to put a handle on the door. And Holman Hunt replied, no, I haven't. I've done that quite deliberately. Because the only handle on that door is on the inside that you can't see. And the handle is there because Jesus is knocking at the door of your life. But only you can open the door to let him in. And one Christmas carol, a little town of Bethlehem, illustrates that wonderfully. Verse 3, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. Isn't it wonderful we can know the blessings of heaven in our own hearts? No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. And then in verse 4, it goes on and uh, just uh, it becomes almost like a prayer uh, to Jesus. And in fact, I'm just going to make it personal for a minute because there may be some of us here who are still considering the Christian faith, considering the claims of Christ, who know for yourself you haven't yet come into this uh, relationship with Jesus whereby almost like the dawn has, has lit, where everything's changed. You know, behold, if anyone's in Christ, the old has passed and the new has come. Um, and uh, uh, you're still wondering, well, here's a, you could Google this, O little town of Bethlehem, verse 4, and use this as your prayer. Let me read it in a personal way, so I'm just slightly changing the words uh, to how, if I was you, I would use it. Um, and it goes like this, O holy child of Bethlehem, Jesus, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin. And enter into my life. Be born in me today. I've heard what the Christmas angel said. I've heard the glad tidings. I've heard the good news that Jesus came to die for me. I've heard that he came and took, my, uh, took the punishment for my sin. I, I've heard that forgiveness is available. I've heard that he's been raised again from the dead and he's alive today. So, oh, come to me. And come and live, abide in with me, my Lord, Emmanuel, which means God with us. You could pray that very prayer, a little town of Bethlehem, verse 4, and find the dear Christ entering in. Find new life in him. Wonderful thing. By the way, it's worth telling someone afterwards. Uh, someone close to you, someone you know is a Christian who will understand. So Jesus comes to our own heart. But finally and thirdly, during Advent, traditionally, this is remembered too. And if we add this to our third remembrance for the Advent season, which is a traditional thing to do, 
and I'm, I'm advocating this tradition, then this also makes a huge difference. Jesus is coming again. Luke, in his sequel to his gospel, Acts, the Apostle, uh, again records uh, something else. Um, and Acts 1.11, when Jesus ascends into heaven in the clouds and the disciples are looking up as he's departing from them and an angel appears and says, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. In Hebrews 9.28, we read this, Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. And then in Revelation 1.7, look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. See, the Bible makes it clear that when Jesus returns, he will put everything that is wrong with the world to right. A day is coming when all people in history will see him, even those who put him on the cross. And all alive at, that, at the time globally will see him and will mourn because of him. All arguments about whether God exists will be silenced. All objections to Jesus will evaporate. Those who resisted him, tried to explain him away, refused to believe him and follow him, will be filled with grief. One day everyone will see that Jesus truly is the Son of God, Saviour of the world and King. And those who've believed in him will meet him face to face. They will see him. And when they see him, they will become like him. They will receive resurrection bodies. They will be like him because they see him as he is. Resurrection bodies fit for purpose for the new heaven and the new earth that he will then usher in. And we shall forever be with him. Whew. That's great, isn't it? But this is the hope of the Christian faith. This is... Jesus came as a baby. He came into our own lives, but he's also coming again. The end of this world's story is yet to happen, and it's a glorious future for those that put their trust in him. His coming again is as certain as his coming as a baby and as his coming to you and transforming your life as you let him enter in. So my chosen Christmas carols for this part of this uh, celebration, if you like, of Advent are angels from the realms of glory, and then one verse from it came upon a midnight clear. But here's the first of those. Uh, verses four and five, angels from the realms of glory, saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear, suddenly the Lord descending in his temple shall appear. Come and worship, worship Christ the newborn king. Though an infant now we view him, we sh he shall fill his father's throne. Gather all the nations to him, 
Every knee shall then bow down. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn king. And then in, it came upon a midnight clear, verse 4. And still the days are hastening on. By prophets seen of old. Towards the fullness of the time when comes the age foretold. Then earth and heaven renewed shall see the prince of peace their king. And all the world repeat the song which now the angels sing. So the third thing to remember during Advent is that Jesus is returning. Now you get those three things in your framework and your thinking. What a difference it makes for the whole season. Hallelujah. So I'm going to leave you with a list. Now hang on a minute. This this was going all very well until this point. Uh, And I'm sure some of you, uh, particularly this time of year, you've got lists. You know, get that done, get this done, get the other done, get the other done. Um, Can I suggest, well, can I make some suggestions to add, oh dear, to your list? Um, But I'll tell you what, they'll do all of us good if we do this. All right? So this is just an application to all that we've heard. Firstly, which is really based on everything that I've just brought, is be thankful to Jesus who came as a baby, who's come into your heart and is coming again. Can we do that? Is that a good thing to have on the list? All right, here's the next one. I love Christmas lights. I, I, I like, you know, you'll find lights everywhere in this next week or so, I can guarantee. Uh, they'll be on the front of houses, the back of houses, inside houses, on top of houses. You name it, there'll be lights wherever you can put them on, trees, bushes, wherever, there will be lights. I think it's great, I mean, especially this dark time of year. Now, whatever people's reasons for putting lights up, and they may be very varied, when you see a light, when I see a light, let the lights remind you of Jesus, the light of the world. That's not a bad thing to have on the list. Here's the third one to have on the list, gifts. Let gifts remind you of the gift of Jesus, saviour of the world, and rejoice in that. Here's another one. Because Jesus lives within us, we have the opportunity to let our light shine. In other words, for Christ's life to be seen in us. So therefore, next thing on the list Why not ask God for opportunities to let others know the real meaning of Christmas this season? Be available to God to use you in conversation just to talk about the real meaning of this particular season. It could be as simple as inviting someone to the nativity next week or the carol service the week after to Christmas Day or to your home or whatever. But asking God to use you this season to make a difference in somebody else's life by introducing them to who he is and what he's done. And then three more things just to add, uh, which are uh, so uh, really, really good um, and uh, to be on the list. Be generous. Be hospitable. And last but probably above everything else, be a worshipper. Let's pray. Right now, as we've been reminded 
of the very reason this celebration of Christmas is happening. The reason for Advent. What Christians through the centuries have remembered during this season. And of course it's not just exclusive to this season, but in particular there's a focus there. Let's thank him in our hearts for what he has done. What God the Father has done in sending his own son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That he's come fully man, fully God. To reveal the Father to us. To die for us. To be raised from the dead. What a message, what a salvation. We thank you so much, Lord, for that. And we thank you that for so many of us, we've come to the experience of knowing this for ourselves. We've let the dear Christ enter in. Lord, I do pray for any that are still thinking as to whether to come. I pray that the knock on the door of dear ones' lives, who you are calling, would be heard with clarity and responded to by the opening of the inside handle and letting you in. Give grace. Let your tender mercy be revealed. And let your tender mercy have its effect by people gladly opening the door to let you in. And Lord, we thank you so much that the story doesn't end there, but you're coming again. That all that we moan about in the world, all that we grieve about, all that we're angry about, that is so not right in this world, that one day, Jesus, you're returning to put all things right, to make all things new. And we thank you that that will be the end of the story, but the beginning of eternity with you. What a salvation. <laughs> what glory. Lord, let us know something of the joy of the shepherds this Advent season, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.